Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. Welcome to Weekly Jump, presented as part of the Geekly Grind Podcast Network. This is our weekly episode reviewing first impressions of newer anime and manga titles. Let's jump in. All right, everybody, we are back with uh, another weekly jump where it is so timely that we covered the Netflix Cowboy Bebop because it's canceled. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is news that's already hit our Discord. I saw it yesterday uh, or maybe the day before even. I think it was the day before. I think it was when we recorded our last episode. Um, yeah, two days ago. Uh, but it was after we recorded our last episode, which is the one that you should, the Yu Yu Hakusho episode you should have been able to hear yesterday in our time and a few days ago in podcast time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was upset that this breaking super relevant anime news ha- came across my desk, not literally a desk, but figuratively desk uh, after we were done recording. So here it is, slightly slightly belated. Yeah, Netflix already canceled Cowboy Bebop. Um, I I put an article from The Verge on here, but it's been talked about everywhere. It is people have already started talking about it in our Discord, um, and a lot of people have been talking about this show in our Discord. And it seems like the the general sense is either I hated it and couldn't watch any of it, or I found it watchable, but disappointing to the point that maybe I'll watch more later, but maybe I won't. And who's to say? Yeah. Uh, somebody in the discord said that they had not seen any of Cowboy Bebop mm-hmm. mentioned that they had heard us talking about how we wanted to hear what people thought of it. If they didn't have a frame of reference for Cowboy Bebop, but uh, also said that they have not watched it yet. So <laughs> there are people out there, including in our discord with that perspective. But uh, unfortunately, this person wasn't able to go any further because they hadn't watched it. Um, I saw an article that had reactions of, from like Japanese Twitter about it, which was interesting. Cause you kind of, if you watch enough anime, you sort of get the idea of like, there is a certain way that Japanese people m- speak that is not really common for people in the West, just the way that they put their sentences together. And so it was kind of funny to be like, yeah, this does sound like a Japanese person, uh, speaking about the show. Um, but yeah, it, it seems like in general, um, not too many people are overly surprised with the caveat that Netflix, when they cancel their shows, they tend not to cancel them so soon after those shows have premiered. I think without, without having Googled this to double check, I think this may be a record for how quickly a show has been canceled of theirs. Um, and I gotta say my personal take on this is that I think it's a little premature. <laughs> I've seen because this is a totally biased take because I live in a world of anime and Google knows this. And so a lot of the stories that I see are in reaction to these things. And I had Googled a lot of stuff about the Bebop uh, show in particular. So I have been getting an, a perhaps skewed view of how many people are talking about it. But a lot of people are talking about it. Uh, Cowboy Bebop, I believe, made it into the top watched shows when it was released. Um, And it seems like Netflix somewhat uncharacteristically canceled it because of the reaction 
to people who had watched it and not necessarily the amount of people that had watched it. Um, maybe I'm misunderstanding. You might know more on this than me, Spencer. My understanding is that Netflix largely bases whether or not a show should get it should continue being made based on how many people watched it. Yeah. Not what those people thought about what they watched. Although I do understand that they have data on how many people watched it to the end, how many people quit halfway, etc. cetera. Um, yeah. So like if, if like, um, you know, a billion people watched half of the first episode and only 20,000 continued, you know, that's not going to count as a lot of people watching it, etc. But my understanding was a lot of people watched the first handful of episodes at least mm-hmm. i i was really surprised by this news and uh personally a little disappointed because i thought that um without having finished the first season of cowboy bebop i thought that definitely at least two seasons would be in order to let the showrunners try to do what they're gonna do yeah um i i i tend to think that uh for netflix the the most that I've heard about the way that Netflix does it is almost based exclusively off of how much is watched um, and how quickly somebody falls off of it. And because they have perfect data on this, um, they can make those decisions with like a really fine precision. So apparently there was a show that was on Netflix. Um, it was some some Ashton Kutcher show that was on Netflix. Um, Oh, the ranch. Yeah. yeah. And when it got canceled, the reason why it got canceled was apparently because, uh, people were making it halfway, uh, to like three quarters of the way through the second episode and then never watching any more episodes after that. And that (laughs) makes me think that something like that happened with bebop as well. Because the first the so. first episode is definitely slaps a lot more than the second episode does. Um, they start to get a little bit more uh, normalized in the third episode of it. Um, I I'm all the way up to six, but it's 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 less of a slog after you get uh, past the second episode is the way I feel. However, the thing that continues to fucking baffle me is how badly they did with Vicious and Julia. Um, uh, that does that's not, what I've seen a lot online. That does not end. Uh, it just continues, and it is just baffling. But yeah, whatever. Uh, some of some of the takes that I've seen, I think some of this is from our Discord. So apologies for not shouting you out properly. But a lot of the takes are. Uh, actually, I think definitely one of these was from from the Discord from from the person who joined our Discord recently, uh, and I don't have it in front of me, so I'm not gonna be able to look them up. But um, they're a, a recent addition, and actually just like binged our entire show in like the span of two weeks or something, uh, which is a truly impressive. Uh, never before thought possible feat. So congrats on that. Yeah, their uh, their name condolences on that. Their name their name <laughs> on uh, on on discord as kawaii desu dot uwu <laughs> yeah that one um so uh that person was saying that the uh point made what i thought was a pretty good point based off of just the two episodes that i've seen and spencer i don't know what you'll say based off the six that you've seen but the point that they made was that a lot of the stuff they talked about in the pre-release um, in the, the, you know, lead up to the show actually releasing was that the production team was like, we are not remake remaking Cowboy Bebop in live action. We are reinterpreting it in live action. We're going to tell new stories. We're going to tell twists on older stories. 
And uh, as I believe I addressed in the uh, the first uh, in the uh, weekly jump episode where we covered Cowboy Bebop, uh, my takeaway from the first few episodes was that they were pretty much remaking the episodes. They were totally doing different stuff and putting the stories out in different ways because if for no other reason, the episodes were twice as long as the animated version and they were filling them with, you know, not just people faffing about, but like that, you know, they had added the stuff with vicious and Julia, which I know has been ill received, but is something different. But uh, yeah, I would say I was a little surprised at how faithful to the source material a lot of the major plot beats were. And I think this person was getting at that too. Um, And so that was, I think a a big reaction was like, okay, well, you know, you're remaking a classic. You should probably do something new with it. And we're underwhelmed with how new this thing is. And then of course the big new thing is the vicious and Julia stuff, which has been largely ill received. People seem to just universally hate what they're doing there. And I would say that, you know, having only seen two episodes, I was pretty bummed out with how that was shaping up. I was excited with the fact that they were expanding on that and using it to create an arc for a season uh, in a show that, you know, the source material doesn't have an arc in the same sense, but like, yeah, the, uh, the actor for vicious, I was not taken with. Um, And then I didn't see a lot of Julia, but I've been seeing a lot of reactions that Julia is being done dirty by the, uh, the adaptation. I don't know what you think about that, Spencer. Uh, Yeah. <laughs> so there's calm agreement yeah so i would say again my reaction is i'm disappointed i i was hoping uh, i never expected you know no i don't think anybody expected this show to be as good as cowboy bebop the anime uh and i what i just wanted was for it to be watchable and fun which i thought the first two episodes were and uh, I hoped that they would give get enough time to sort of like do something new. I definitely had the sense that the fact that they were doing seasons rather than just, you know, Cabo Bebop wasn't seasons. It was just the show. Mm-hmm. And so doing seasons, I was hoping that that kind of television release structure would even just by its inherent nature kind of pull from them a different vibe than the original had. And I just really was looking forward to seeing what that was. And so without even getting a second season, uh, I am disappointed to, to feel like we're not ever going to see what that could have been. Um, even if that thing could, wasn't going to be good. Uh, Cause I, I didn't based off of the reactions, I didn't think Cowboy Bebop would get more than two seasons, but I was hoping for a second one. Yeah. Well, uh, we do have anyway. other stuff to talk about today other than more Bebop. Uh, the first thing that we had Bebop. was our a screen time, which is an oldie, but a not goodie, um, which is uh, <laughs> Tinchi Muyo uh, and the Tinchi Muyo universe. Um, and I, I have a reason. Yeah, there's a- I have a big reason why a big asterisk next to Tinchi Muyo for me. Um, uh, okay. And uh, I think the biggest reason why I feel this way is because um Tenshi Muyo it, it was a a anime that I picked up in its infancy in the United States when it was just coming on Adult Swim not Adult Swim I think it was the Midnight Run when it started uh it was back uh. in Toonami times and uh it was one of those shows that that when I when I picked it up 
Um, it was it was just you know a a show that kind of made me feel a little bit weird about what they were doing. So it's a it's a harem anime, um, and uh, I I did not like how much slice of life they were injecting into my shonen, um, <laughs> uh-huh. which is tends to be when I rewatch the episodes of this, I was just like, I felt sort of the same way because, and this is my like really big thing that makes me the most frustrated about this. As I've said to Blake before, one of my favorite things is like fantasy, good fantasy anime. It's, there's not a ton of them. I feel like, um, there are some, the ones that are really good are really, really good. And there are a lot of ones that are, you know, fairy tale. Um, and Tenchi Muyo <laughs> sets it up, sets itself up to be like a, a really good, uh, a really good semi fantasy universe. Um, and in the same way that something like Inuyasha really felt like it was going to be that same way. And both of them really fell short of what I was expecting of them um, to the point where I I got so frustrated with the shows for not being what I wanted them to be that I kind of walked away from them. Um, and uh, I, I don't think it's to my detriment just because I've tried to pick each one of them up probably six or seven times since the original times I tried to watch them. And each time I have felt pretty much the same way where it's just like the premise is so cool. Um, yet the execution for me just doesn't, doesn't feel, you know, like I want it to be. And that's not to say that other people aren't going to really, really enjoy it. I think it's, I think it's a fantasy, uh, anime slapped together with fruits basket or fruit baskets or whatever the fuck that show is. Um, that's the way that I sort of felt about it. That one that made us briefly famous. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, and I mean, it has a cool premise. Like the, the premise of it is like, um, uh, a, a legendary warrior crown prince of the Jurian empire, uh, Yosho, um, disappeared. Um, and then, uh, later on there is a, a resurrection at the Misaki shrine. Um, and, uh, there's, gosh, I can't remember her name. What's, what's her name? Uh, oh, you, I have no I, I don't know any of the characters' names in this except Tenchi. Oh, did you not go f- as far into that? <laughs> I watched three episodes. Uh, I had never seen Tenchi Muyo before. Uh, okay, so, well, yeah, Tenchi, that, Tenchi's family because, is, like, looking over this shrine. Um, they're, they're, like, it's their family shrine that they look over. Um, and then uh, there's, there's a, a, a both a resurrection of the shrine thing. And you think it's going to be related to spirits. And then it turns into instead there's like, um, a space pirate that falls in on him. That's part of the galaxy police. Um, and, uh, then there's a, a couple of other random women that also fall into his life. And it, 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 it eventually turns into like a, a harem anime that's obsessed with Tenchi that also they fight against monsters. Okay. 
Yeah, because um, so this this was specifically Tenchi Universe. Mm-hmm. If you look up Tenchi Muyo, uh, I think I watched this on Crunchyroll. Uh, but if you're if you're Google because the the rep, this was recommended to us in Discord by Toshin Toshin, uh, you really got to tell us how to say your name. T O U Shin. So uh, they just put Tenchi Muyo, and uh, there it turns out quite a few things under that banner, and nothing is just called Tenchi Muyo. So I picked Tenchi Universe because it, it seemed recognizable from some stuff I had seen on Toonami when I was a very young kid. Mm-hmm. Um, which, as a reminder, I uh, grew up without having access to Cartoon Network in my own home. Uh, my grandmother, when I was in middle school, got cable. My parents got her cable so she could watch sports because she likes sports a lot. And uh, she would also pick me up from school, middle school. And so I would always try to watch um, Toonami, specifically hoping to see Dragon Ball Z when I would get home to her house and uh, and would be there, you know, waiting for my parents to come pick me up after they were done with work. And that is that is sort of like that and like going over to some friends houses that were also into anime was like my exposure to cartoon networks anime and otherwise it was like digimon and that that kind of stuff that showed up on fox kids or like the uh, Yu-Gi-Oh was on like cw or whatever so um, i had some limited exposure to this and so i was aware of tenchi muyo uh i was particularly aware of it because it was really popular and it seemed to be on a lot but uh every time it was on i found it to be pretty boring uh when i was a kid so i never I, I, I'm sure I watched like the second half of an episode one time, but, uh, I usually missed it. And, um, when I finally caught it, I was like, wait, this is what everybody's into. I don't get like, what is there to like here? Um, watching it for arguably the first time as an adult, but definitely going in with some preconceived notions. My understanding was that it was a harem anime. Uh, I assume just sort of by by course that a harem anime is going to be slice of life because they usually are. Um, I would argue with you, Spencer, that the first three episodes at least did not feel particularly slice of life, although definitely more so in the the last half of the three yep. than in the first half. And it goes further uh, into that. <laughs> yeah, it definitely it definitely starts slowing pretty pretty precipitously down as you go along, which is strange because the first three episodes are all set up. Uh, although I do think I spent a, a large part of the third episode scrolling through Reddit and kind of fading in and out because I was super bored. Uh, this is not for me. I don't know how bad it is. I, I I don't think it's bad, but yeah, I don't like harem anime. I don't like slice of life. Um, I do like sci-fi anime quite a bit. And I, I would argue that, you know, sci-fi and fantasy, there's often a thin line between them. I would say that this didn't feel particularly like a fantasy anime, but felt quite a bit like a sci-fi anime. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it to feel like either. I thought it was just girls that were really into this dude. You know, I wouldn't have been surprised to see some, you know, basic spiritualism or magic or whatever, like is very common in anime. Uh, but, uh, I wasn't expecting them to be like straight up from space people. Oh yeah. Uh, And they were. And I thought that was interesting. I also thought the gimmick that all their ships make cat meowing noises, uh, but clearly like voice actors meowing as though they are cats rather than actual cat sounds was kind of like a funny gimmick that became off putting the more it happened. Um, and I don't know that 
it it just seems you know like this is true with anime this is true with movies this is true with tv the older something gets the more you can start to see that there were things we used to do in the era that this thing came out in that are not the things we do anymore and this is true of animation style for sure this is true of storytelling style uh and boy is it true of voice acting style uh because I watched this in the dub and this sounds like back when everybody sort of uniformly agreed that watching the dub was incorrect because they are doing a lot of like goofy character voices rather than what I would argue are the slightly more nuanced character voices of the modern day. And maybe just as, if not more important, the writing seems to be a little bit more of the anime writing style that wants to adapt this for American audiences, uh, kind of assuming that American audiences don't want a faithful adaptation or a fully faithful adaptation. Whereas nowadays they are doing their best to get it as close as possible. And uh, yeah, you could just feel it. So I think this is super dated in a way that is kind of charming but frustrating Mm -hmm. and otherwise i don't think that this is a story that i am particularly interested in having told to me i found it to be pretty boring and i was really excited when the three episodes were done and i could stop watching it (laughs) yeah um and the way that this this show is by the way is that um you know when people talk about uh is is the Thor movie a sci-fi movie or is it a fantasy movie? And people get into (laughs) argument about that. That's sort of Uh how it is where it's just like, it feels like a fantasy anime, but it's using space technology to the point where like anything that is advanced enough technology that you cannot explain is magic. Um, And that's sort of where the show falls. Um, And uh, you know, there's, also, it's much more action packed than I expected, but I didn't find the action to be particularly well done mm-hmm. or engaging. So I was pretty disappointed. I was like, oh, there's fights. And then the fights weren't good. And I was like, oh, okay. yeah. So um, there was some cool old time, or like not old timey God, but there was some cool sort of like, we don't, we don't make anime this way anymore effects. Like there was a sequence where one of the characters is like floating around and has lightning going between her hands. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, this would look totally different if we animated it today. And it looks pretty nice. Yeah. And so I enjoyed those little touches, but yeah, I'm not going to watch any more of this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, and, uh, with that, we, uh, will remind you that you can always send me jokes and then I will find time to, uh, send you things. Um, yeah, he works, he works for a big company that sends stuff now. So he's probably like an expert. Maybe. Um, anyways, um, <laughs> but, uh, other than that, we also had some page flips and this week we, yeah. we got to read the first couple of chapters of Claymore, um, Full disclosure on Claymore. Uh, I have read about 30 chapters of Claymore um, before. Yeah, I've read about that much too. Yeah, before I became uh, wholeheartedly disinterested in it. Um, Oh, okay. And 
here's the big thing about Claymore, um, from my perspective. Um, Claymore has a weird premise. It is definitely a fantasy manga. Um, it is uh, fantasy anime as well. Um, it is a show that I I was very interested in when I first picked it up. Um, but I, I think the further that you get into the show, um, the the more I grew disinterested in it, not because of the quality of the product that is being put out, because I think that Claymore is actually pretty good. Um, but the thing that lost me with Claymore is that it is not enough special powers for me. <laughs> uh. And like, as a shonen, you know, weeb, uh, I I want big explosiony powers that happen over and over again, um, or uh, them them to kind of delineate the way that the fights go. And Claymore is uh, is definitely an anime that people that like uh, like the fight sequences and stuff like Game of Thrones, um, or people that like fight sequences um, that that feel the weight and the heaviness of the weapons that they're using, as well as the damage that is taken from both the enemy and the protagonist um, in something like a, an historical fiction fight or something like that, they're really going to fucking dig Claymore. And interesting the way that people fight inside of claymore more than anything else is with big giant fucking swords carried by ladies that are like uh they're like halflings right they're like uh yeah part demon part human yeah the idea of claymore is that there's these there's these basically demons called yoma that are humanoid demons that like to eat other people and can also pose as people. Yeah. And uh, it seems like in my experience with the show, they routinely eat somebody and then pretend to be that person. So they kind of weasel their way into community and then start eating people on the lowdown. Yeah. And um, then there are these people called claymores and claymores are an all female warrior sect of women who have, I think ingested Yoma flesh or something. They have done something so that they are part Yoma and they Mm -hmm. have Yoma energy in them. And because of that, they have some slight physical changes. They become much stronger than a regular human, which is why they fight with these big, big giant swords. And, uh, you know, I, I would, I see what you're saying, Spencer, about the historical fiction fights, for anybody that doesn't know this series, I would give a big caveat that you may be accidentally setting in a incorrect expectations. <laughs> These are not realistic fights. Oh, but no. They are much more grounded than like a Dragon Ball or My Hero Academia, that kind of thing. Yes, that's so, what I was getting at. Like it's definitely yeah. it's definitely a fantasy anime with superpowers. Um but yeah. the superpowers but are the superpowers very are muted. muted. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like and really, so, really muted to the to the point yeah, where I, like I would say it, I, for a while, the powers don't even really show up. Like, I know. <laughs> um, like, like they are just, they are just demon enhanced strength women fighting demons. Yeah. And, uh, and the demons 
generally don't do much different either until later in the story. Yeah, like if you're reading the first three chapters of this and you're just like, what? when am I going to see Yoma powers? The powers that you have seen of Yoma are number one, get big and strong. Number two, grow big claws. Number three, grow wings. Those are the powers that you've seen so far. Those are the only powers that they have so far. And like... yeah. Th- until it takes you get, a while to iterate on that. Yeah, until you get to a... I would say, arguably, the, the show takes a turn about 10 chapters in. And 10 chapters in, you get the introduction of, like, infighting among the Claymores. And that yeah. is when you start to get a... a a like oh this is going to be cooler sort of sense of things but if you're expecting big energy blasts and stuff like that it is i don't know if it's ever going to happen it hadn't happened by the yeah. time i got there to like 30 chapters so i i think i uh, so i just looked i've been rereading claymore so you may remember i was i was checking out manga from my library a while back but way before we started these monday pods and then uh, when we got connected with Geekly Grind, I stopped checking out Shonen Jump manga because we got access to the Shonen Jump digital vault. So I started reading those. Now the only manga I check out are not Shonen Jump. And uh, and I recently started rereading Claymore to the, to the extent that my next chapter of Claymore is 20. But I am maybe halfway, if that, through what I read before I stopped reading Claymore because I wasn't going to check it out from the library anymore. So I actually read it a little bit further than you, it sounds like. And I would say that once the Yoma start to get powers, they all start to feel a little more different while not going far afield. It doesn't feel like they can do anything. They definitely still feel recognizably Yoma, but they de- they really start to look and feel different from each other mm-hmm. to the point that you'll have like multiple Yoma and a fight that are like visually distinct. Whereas early on in the series, they are all just sort of like weird humanoid monsters. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I would say that one of the high points of this series is that the artwork on the monsters can be particularly intricate in a way that makes them look creepy and otherworldly and repulsive in fun ways. Um, while the artwork in some other ways can like cut corners that don't bother you too much, but you are like, man, they, they, they really just needed to get done with this panel. Um, overall, I think this is a good series. Uh, the, the claymores to a lesser extent are getting more powers. Um, and of course the main claymore is, there seems they seem like at the point when I when I restarted the series, it seemed like they were hinting that she had something extra going on, which is not that strange for a protagonist, but did take a while to get to. So it, it's almost like Hunter x Hunter, where like it feels like they're doing special things, but doing it without special powers. And then like many episodes in, they introduce Nen and everything sort of turns on its head and becomes about Nen. And then special powers are totally in play and characters can do kind of whatever they need to do for the plot. Claymore feels a little bit like before Nen was introduced in Hunter x Hunter, where like, yeah, these characters are doing special things and they are doing anime things and they are doing things that set them apart from each other. And like, there's definitely some, there's like a Claymore that can like, 
elasticize her arms and can make she like dual wields giant swords and her arms become whip like and so she becomes like this whipping sphere of death with like swords slicing about everywhere and that's totally different than what other claymores can do and like there's stuff like that but you're right like the the amount of special powers and the the degree to which they advance those powers is pretty pretty reined in in a way that yeah is a little disappointing i think that the the demon fighting narrative is pretty fun so far and has kept me more than engaged in the way more than three chapters of this that i have read um i would say that this is a recommend but that yeah so far in the story the powers have gotten a little more diverse but they haven't particularly gotten bigger so if you're looking for those like those bigger moments with things that you get like my hero academia um i'm not confident that you're going to get it here and if you do you're gonna have to wait for a while but i would say that even so it's worth it yeah um so with all that being said uh you should stick with us after these credits and we'll give you another important life lesson Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions and presented as part of the Geekly Grind podcast network. Sound editing is done by Rashad English. He's our level 13 sound wizard. 13? Did he jump even more levels? He gained a lot of experience by defeating the Dark Lord of Smooth Jazz. Do you mean Chuck Mangione from King of the Hill? Rashad is the King of the Hill now. Damn it, Bobby. Anyway, our podcast is ad-free, and if you want to keep it that way, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash Get Jumped. Also, we have a Discord server. You can find the links to that on all of our social media platforms. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New review episodes come out every Monday, and new rewatch episodes appear every Friday. And hey, thanks for listening. Hello, my name is Jeremy Snow, owner and editor-in-chief of The Geekly Grind. We interrupt your awesome, regularly scheduled programming to ensure you're aware of The Geekly Grind podcast network, of which this show is a treasured member of. If you haven't had a chance to check out our site, you can do so at thegeeklygrind.com, and while you're there, take a look at the other members of our steadily growing podcast family, including the anime-centric Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, discovering new heroes on Comic Book Keepers with Chris and Lance, exploring the vast universe of geekdom with Geeksploration, or appreciating animation's finer details with JD's Ink and Paint Club. Escape your weekly grind at the Geekly Grind. We'll see you next week, and until then... Look... If you and your family own a shrine, and inside of that shrine there is probably a monster goblin, uh, keep it locked, because sometimes, sometimes, it turns out to be a completely obnoxious woman locked inside of there, and just, you don't even want to wake her up. You just don't even want to. Oh, God. That sounds terrible. <laughs>